0: I am the Jetty, and this is Game Cold Podcast number 29. We are almost at 30. We're, uh, gonna be middle-aged pretty soon. Here with me is... Oh,
1: I'm 29. Don't make me sad. <laughs>
0: you're gonna be old soon. I'm sorry. Soon? Well, okay, you're already old. But anyway, the point is, with me today are Christian Porter, Michael Gray, and Paul Franzen. Everyone introduce yourselves.
1: Hello, I am Christian Porter. I currently neglect a whole host of different articles.
0: Hello I'm Michael Gray.
2: I do the exact same thing and and I'm Paul I'm game editor
3: in chief and uh, um, I think I wrote a review like last month or the month before so I think that means I'm winning
0: yeah i uh I actually got uh, stuck with the podcast because I wasn't doing anything else so hello everyone welcome to the podcast
1: The default <laughs> podcast that we're all being forced to partake in yes my f- yeah.
0: my first podcast. Today's topic is RPGs. I know it's a, a big favorite around Gamecola. Paul, I'm sure you uh, you have a lot of fun with the RPGs, don't you?
3: I've, I've, I've played my share of RPGs, though not as much uh, as of late as I used to when I was younger. Michael Gray, you seem to
0: know a lot about this subject as well.
2: Um, I actually have a video walkthrough on the Game Cola YouTube for Final Fantasy VI Advance, where I spend about the first half of it just bashing the game for being horrible and boring. So I'm not sure I'm allowed to talk about RPGs if I don't like the Final Fantasy series.
3: Also, I think that that is the one RPG you have played. Is that correct?
2: I've played others. i played the original Final Fantasy.
0: Oh, that that's true. That's right. So uh, to start things off, let's all talk about our backgrounds, which would be our first RPGs. I can uh, I can tell you that I started long, long ago with Dragon Warrior, the original. It was uh, a mind-blowing experience for my uh, four-year-old self.
1: This... Four seems pretty young for that.
0: Yeah, perhaps. I don't think I could read at the time, but uh, there wasn't really <laughs> that much important text in the game to begin with.
1: Yeah, you just fight the monsters. Attack, attack, attack.
0: There was also uh, But Thou Must, which is always a favorite. So uh, what else is everyone else's uh, first RPGs?
1: You know, I didn't start. I didn't start very early. I think uh, I think I played a little of the first Final Fantasy, and at the time, it was a little too long. Didn't read for me. So uh, later on, in the time of uh, Super Nintendo, I uh, I got into uh, like Final Fantasy. What was it then? Like four?
0: They called it two at the time. However,
1: they called it two at the time. Yes. yes
0: what a. Uh, that
1: was that was probably the first one. It was
0: tricky Japanese. What are they doing to us?
1: Those wacky people. I know. First their panty vending machines, now this.
0: Whoa. What will they think of next?
1: None can say.
0: Michael Gray, what was your first RPG?
2: I think it was Final Fantasy, but I didn't play it on the NES. I played it, gosh, Game Boy Advance time. So it must have been like 99 or so. No, probably more like 2003 or so when I played my first RPG. It was just Final Fantasy, and I didn't like it. Tisk. Tisk tisk Tsk. Yeah. But I like the Fire Emblem games. So I, I guess, are those RPGs? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay, and I like some RPGs.
0: Mr. Franzen?
2: I've, I've, I've been trying to think, actually. Hello? I'm not sure,
3: but I believe that the, that the first RPGs I probably played were, uh, I think, Mario RPG and Secret of Mana, which I think is interesting uh, because they're also the most recent RPGs I've played because I've recently downloaded them on the virtual console and played through them.
0: Very exciting. I also like that you swapped the ah and the a ah in Mario and Mana. That is to say, <laughs> Mario and Mana, but uh, let's continue. Uh, this is such a bad group to do this with, because you guys haven't really played that many games.
2: Ever. Any of the same RPGs at all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: wait, have we, have we all played Final Fantasy VI?
2: I have. I have. No. Paul has played it through me vicariously. Yeah, I, I watched Michael's videos of it.
0: Paul. Have we all played? I played
3: seven. Doesn't seven count? Everyone likes seven.
0: I, I actually do not like seven. I am one of the few apparently who do not like seven.
2: Hmm. How could you hate a Final Fantasy game? I'm disappointed in you, Jetty.
0: I know. Well, Jetty's more of a Dragon Warrior person, I think. Yes, I'm more I'm more into the older the uh, the classics, if you will. The ones where
3: you, you can't open doors without navigating a menu.
0: Exactly. <laughs> like, you can go stand on the stairs. You can stand on the stairs all you want, but you won't climb them until you specifically select stairs from the menu.
3: Yeah, I think we See, talked I about prefer- this before on the podcast, but I was actually stuck in the first Room of Dragon Warrior 1 for the longest time because I couldn't figure that out. Because I, I think I played it, like, I don't know, when uh, during like Super Nintendo or maybe N64 era, and it, it just did, it never occurred to me that that's what you would have to do. to to solve the exiting the room puzzle.
0: Come on, Paul, you're good at those uh, adventure games. You'd think uh, you would select all your options, wouldn't you? That's true. I'm not sure I'd even discovered the menu yet at that point. (laughs) I just kept, like,
3: banging my head against the door saying, Why won't you open?
2: For Final Fantasy VI, where the stairs are the exact same color as the wall, so you can't find them, and you spend 15 minutes trying to find the one set of stairs. That was a horrifying experience.
0: I always did, like, exits that are on the south side of the room, which you uh, generally can't really see. It's just a, a small bump in yeah. the wall of sorts.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, you've got to love that. Yeah. I've walked around in circles trying to find those quite a few times. You can't see the pathway either. Oh, I...
0: Secret entrances and such are always fun, except when they're not supposed to be a secret and they're just hidden.
1: Yeah. When they're mandatory I, I... for continuing the game.
0: But that, uh, that just increases playtime, right?
1: That's true. Mm-hmm. You're getting your money's worth.
0: Yes, just like all those random encounters and uh, very large world maps. That's
3: like the reason I don't play that many RPGs anymore is because I, I, I'm i just so sick of random encounters and turn-based combat. I, I don't have the patience for it anymore.
1: I found the industry seems to be moving away from it, though. I don't see it that often anymore. I don't see that much turn-based or even random encounters. I've noticed it's kind of a trend that you can always see your enemies now. Like, I'm in the middle of Blue Dragon, and it does that, where you can see everyone beforehand. There's no randoms. It seems to be maybe, catching on.
3: Maybe it's just time for me to get back into RPGs then, because I, I kind of Dive started my in. RPG funk, like, years ago. I don't remember what game it was that, that finally broke. Oh, I think it was probably, like, Dragon Quest Eight, where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I've had I'm just going to play side-scrollers and adventure games now. I'm finished. Oh, Paul. But, I, I mean, I have been getting back into it. I, I actually, I mean, now that I've said all that, all these bad things about uh, random encounters and, and such, I've been playing uh, Dragon Quest Nine lately, so...
0: Well, see, that's actually kind of an interesting point, though. Like, the defining characteristics of older RPGs, such as random encounters, uh, lots of grinding for leveling and uh, gold and such, like, these were the things that when I was six years old, I loved about RPGs. I just loved to walk around in a circle immediately outside of town for two or three hours, uh, (laughs) killing things, and then move on. Yeah, see, for
3: me, those were just things that I, I, like, had to do. I had to get them out of the way so I could get back to the interesting part, which for me was talking to people in town and advancing the story. Like, the actual gameplay of RPGs almost was just kind of in the way of me having a fun time, which is kind of weird.
1: I I kind of agree with the whole grinding thing, that grinding... I don't, it's it's kind of something you do. It's it's something I do in those games, just so I can be a jerk and be way more powerful than everything. But I don't know. I think if it's really well made, it shouldn't be necessary.
3: Yeah, I I totally agree. Yeah, I one of one of my uh, more recent pet peeves. Uh, this is something I came across when I was playing Enchanted Arms, and uh, when I was watching my fiance play uh, Infinite Undiscovery was is is the final boss where you can get to the final boss. You can just zoom through the whole game and not ever have to grind, and all of a sudden you're at the final boss, and you're like 20 levels below where you need to be. Not a
0: fan of
1: that. I, I noticed the same thing was with uh, Final Fantasy X2, which I'm embarrassed to say I played.
0: <laughs> but you see, when they say on the box that it has 80 hours of gameplay, that is how they uh, managed to get that number.
1: Oh, yeah. Hmm.
0: Like, even if you got through the whole game, you still have, you know, 20 hours of uh, grinding left to do.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. at that yeah. point,
0: I
3: usually just stop playing and watch the ending on YouTube if I can find it. <laughs>
0: yeah. See, I, I guess I'm sort of an oddity, because certain games, like uh, Arcana, there's no way you can get through that game without grinding. But, in that way, it sort of gives me exactly what I want. Like, that is why I enjoy that game so much. It was very generic, it was bland, but it gave me exactly what I was expecting out of the game. So, I'm not complaining. So it's one of my favorites. What, what,
3: do you, what do you find fun about grinding? Good question. That's not me trying to be a jerk. I'm just curious. Yes,
0: uh, I'm not sure. I I guess it's the same thing that calls people to MMORPGs, like the whole uh, hunter gatherer mentality. That oh, there's something out there that you know if I just keep if I keep trying, I will get something eventually. And you know it's not like a, uh, a side scrolling shooter or something where you actually have to be good at the game. You just spend a very long time doing it, and <laughs> suddenly, whoa, you're the best. Once you uh once you reach level 99, you can just power through the game. Yeah,
3: I mean I I always find the process of actually gaining levels uh very very gratifying. It's always fun to see all my stats go up and to see if I gain any new skills or if my nickname changes or something. Uh, but actually getting to that point, I don't know, it's very very dull for me. I find myself listening to an iPod or uh or reading a book while doing it sometimes.
0: Yes. In in a lot of games, the later portions of the game where it takes hours and hours just to get, like, one level, or you already have all the top equipment, so the only thing you're doing is grinding for levels, which aren't really giving you that much, uh, that becomes quite boring. But the earlier parts of the game where you can fight, you know, five or ten battles and you gain two levels, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: that is a favorite. It's very... That's, I guess, one thing that I loved about the original Dragon Warrior, is there was such a small amount of beginning stats. Like, you start out with about 10 HP, and you're only really doing like one or two damage with each attack. So when you're suddenly doing three damage, that's like a major increase. That was what made it entertaining, is like, whoa, I, I fought ten slimes, and now I'm so much more powerful than I was an hour ago.
3: Teaches uh, an interesting work ethic for uh, kids, I think. Teaches them that if you just keep if you just put in the hours, you'll eventually get good at something, and then you'll be able to kill anything you want.
0: Yes, that, uh, that's how it works in the real world, right?
2: <laughs> not to interrupt, but I'm thinking about what you're saying in terms of, like, the Castlevania games. Which, are those RPGs?
0: Uh, the original ones, or the, like, PlayStation and later ones?
2: Um, I haven't played any one that's not
1: 2D. Well,
0: <laughs>
2: so
1: I... they're pretty much all 2D, except for some abominations we won't speak of. Yes, exactly.
2: Okay. Well... well, I mean played the game boy advance ones and the ds ones how's that okay
1: yeah okay yeah
2: those are those are those those
1: are pretty much rpgs yes
2: what i like to do is what i like to do is that as i go to an area where you have continually respawning enemies like bats and then i just set the game to do a a continually attacking attack and then i just leave my game in the charger and come back like two days later where my character is like suddenly 50 (laughs) levels higher
1: and then zoom through the rest of the game
0: that is a brilliant plan
1: that is one way to auto grind.
3: Yeah, oh, but but at that point, what's the difference between doing that and just using Game Shark to achieve the same the same end?
0: I don't have a Game Shark.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's free.
0: Exactly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Touche.
0: But uh, so now we live in a world where random battles are becoming a thing of the past, and save points even save points are no longer uh, a major issue. And yeah, I am
1: all for, for getting rid of save points. Because I'm in the middle of Blue Dragon, they will have like two hours go by without a save point, and it's ridiculous.
3: Yeah, actually, Christian, that's that's one of the reasons I haven't picked up Blue Dragon yet was because I was I was researching it and I read exactly that in a review, and I was like, mm-hmm. I, I I don't have the patience for that. I can't do that.
1: I'll be able to play video no, games for two hours at a time. I'll be at completely unimportant parts. They'll have six save points. I'll go through this entire dungeon that took me two hours. They won't have anything, even right before a boss.
3: Yeah, that was uh, that was the that was exactly what ended uh, my play session of Infinite Undiscovery. Was that I played for like an hour and a half uh, between save points, got killed by a boss, and had to go back all that time. I was like, all right, I'm
1: I'm not I'm not playing this anymore. There are yeah, fun things i really, doing uh, it that that really douses my fun when that happens.
0: My favorite was always where uh, I would save immediately before a boss, and then I would come to find that I was horribly underleveled, but see, because I had saved immediately before the boss, I only had a limited amount of tents, therefore I could not actually level enough in that area in order to beat the boss. Mm. I basically have to restart the game, or hopefully be able to make it out of the dungeon.
2: Question. What do you mean by save points not being an issue anymore? How has that changed?
1: A lot of games have made it so that uh, you can save anywhere. Like, save points at first were just technical limitations. Like, Mm -hmm. it could only handle you saving in certain places. But now, since they don't exist anymore, those technical limitations don't exist, you can, in some games, save anywhere you want to.
2: Interesting. I haven't seen that in a lot of RPGs, actually.
1: Too many people are kind of just sticking by the save points because it's tradition, but uh, some some are doing away with it. Well, you, mm-hmm. you
3: also see some games letting you do a, a quick save, which d- isn't, like, a permanent save file. You can just save your game and turn it off, and then uh, you can turn your game back on, load that save, and that save file is immediately deleted, and then you can just continue. So it's, like, yeah. just so you can, you know, stop playing when you want to stop playing.
1: Yeah, that's something a lot of them are doing, too.
3: Say that's, that's what Dragon Quest uh,
1: 9 does.
0: Yeah, and there's a uh, somewhat of a move towards uh, autosave Whew, technology.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Everything is done automatically oh. these days.
1: Crazy technology.
0: I know, once again with those Japanese.
1: What will they think of next? They're going to have the 3D Wii.
0: How's that? Whoa, whoa, whoa.
2: It can fly, actually. You don't need to, like, put it on the ground or something. It's, it actually hovers. The game just plays itself. <laughs> Basically. Well, they already do that.
3: <laughs> Mario Galaxy 2, which I, I just read about in a review on GameCola.net, in fact. What is, this? Wait. what is this site that you just mentioned? GameCola.net. It is a video game comedy site. It's pretty much the best website I've ever been to. I recommend it for everyone, even if you don't like video games.
0: Wait, wait, wait. One question. Does it have a Facebook page?
3: It does have a Facebook page. Uh, If you just go onto Facebook, type in GameCola in the search bar, you can go right to our Facebook page and click the little Like button to like us, and if you do that, every time we post a new article, it'll show up right in your Facebook news feed.
2: Well, by Jove. Wow! Unless you're friends with uh, Gamecola staff writer Matt Jonas, in which case your news feed will be filled with stuff from him because he updates every two seconds. (laughs) Everybody listening to this podcast who is not friends with Matt Jonas didn't get that joke, but it's 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 very true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I have to admit I am not friends with Matt Jonas.
3: Yeah, at at any given time I can look on my uh, friends page, and and uh, approximately half of the posts are from him. We love you, Matt.
2: Yes, we do. Super Mario Galaxy 2 actually plays for plays the game for you, and I think that's only the second game that's done so, Paul, actually. It's new. It's, Super it's, it's Super a B- new
3: thing that Nintendo is starting. Uh, what's the other one? New Super Mario Bros. Wii? I think they do yeah. it, too. Yeah. yeah,
2: so it's called the Super Guide feature, where it basically plays the game for you. It'd be interesting if they tried that with an RPG.
0: <laughs> yes, you get to sit there and watch them go through random battles for five hours. Well, yes. they, I mean, there
2: are, there are plenty
3: of RPGs that uh, have, like, an auto button you can push in during battles to just fight the battle for you. Uh, Earthbound does that, Earthbound, uh, and Chanted yeah. Arms to bring that game up again also allows you to do that. That's true. Which I found particularly useful uh, in Earthbound, because I would just turn on the auto feature and then, you know, go away and do something else. Or, uh, I think I really I have weird issues about turn-based combat, apparently. I apologize to all turn-based fans, because I know I'm kind of crazy and disliking it so vehemently.
1: It's not for everyone. It's like speed chess and regular chess. And if searching for Bobby Fischer taught us anything, it's that they're two different things with their own individual merits.
2: I think one of the topics Jetty wanted to bring up was RPG elements in the other games. And I think that's sort of why I brought up the topic of genres in general is you see a lot of cross-genre stuff happening nowadays.
0: This is very true. Uh, Most games these days actually have some sort of RPG element to them. Like, you can play a racing game, and it'll still have, like, item collection or earning money to buy parts.
3: I mean, a lot of games now let you level up as you progress through the game, like Castle Crashers, a multiplayer side-scroller. I mean, you level up as you play through the game, which is definitely... Directly from RPGs.
0: Exactly. Even uh, first-person shooters are starting to get some sort of you level up in your weapon proficiency or something.
1: Yeah, like uh, Borderlands did that. Oh yeah. I, I w- and quite a few others.
0: I was going to mention Borderlands, but I think that actually is considered an RPG, but it's so uncertain like, anymore. Yeah,
1: like an FPS RPG. <laughs> yes,
0: I think yeah. I think it said that on the box. It did. Wow.
3: Truth yeah, I and. Mean that's, that's the idea, right? It's supposed to be like a Diablo-style game, except instead of hitting people with swords, you're you're shooting them. And it's all in first-person view.
0: You know, I uh, I remember the game Hexen, a uh, a very early first-person fantasy-based game. Like it was uh, very much swords and such as opposed to shooting. And uh, I remember being I, very I surprised. I think I played that. That. Is that. Was
1: that on uh, N64? Uh, yeah, it was.
0: I played it on the uh, the PC. I think I remember playing
3: the N64 version with my friends when it came out and. Uh, what do I remember about it? I think I remember running around uh, shooting magical spells at people. Yes, that's true. I don't think we got very far. It was it was very very notable for me at the time for being like unless I'm making this up a a co-op first-person shooter on N64, which I don't think there were very many of. I don't think there were many co-op first-person shooters in general at the time.
0: Yes, that's true. Are there now? Ah,
3: uh, Borderlands for one. That's true. <laughs> I, I, the new Call of Duty
1: has some uh, some co-op stuff in it.
3: Yeah, I guess it's not that common, though.
1: Not particularly. It's not yet. Well, It seems to be catching on, though.
3: I think uh, Duke Nukem 3D, the port on uh, Xbox Live, I believe it has something like eight-player co-op, which I've never been
0: able to test because I, I don't think eight people own that version really <laughs> of the game.
1: <laughs>
0: that always reminds me of the age-old question about Secret of Mana. I'm sorry, Paul. Secret of Mana. Uh, sorry. Where
2: it was the butler.
0: <laughs> yes. Could you... Could... <laughs> that, wait, that that's the secret of Mana? It was the butler?
1: <laughs> yes. Very nice.
0: Sorry. Thank you for solving that for us, Michael. I, I think we need a, a spoiler tag on this now, though. Yeah. But uh, the question always was, could you play three people if you had the expansion to play with multiple controllers? Absolutely. That's how I used to play it. Really? Yes, yes. I, mean, I had the
3: multi-tap. I used it for Secret of Mana, I used it for Bomberman, and uh, NHL 94, which you could actually play five-player, which was just totally blew my mind.
0: Well, see, that was about the only game that I remember having a use for the multi-tap. I mean, I never owned it, and I never had a friend who did, so I never was able to test it on different games, but the only one that I remember being advertised was uh, sports games. No, I, I was I was the one guy, I was the one kid
3: who
1: had the multi tap and we, we yeah. We pretty no, much I, I had think one it was too. Just those three. I games. had one, I used it solely for Bomberman. Although if I knew that about Secret of Mana, I would have used that too. Oh yeah, yeah, you totally can.
3: And it's it is the best way to play that game.
0: Yeah, well I uh I always remember like Not that I had any friends, and not that I had any friends who would actually play an RPG with me, but uh, I would force my brother to play Secret of Mana with me, and that was quite fun. I
3: don't know. That's what I like about Secret of Mana. It's it's awesome no matter how many people you have playing it, but it gets incrementally awesomer the number of people you can add to it.
1: It's such a shame we're long past the point where I can talk anybody into playing it with me. I could try talking my wife into it. Hey, honey, would you like to play uh, Secret of Mana with me? Multiplayer? No, she wouldn't. Harsh,
0: uh, harsh.
3: I was able to get my fiance to play it with me. It was pretty awesome, though. Uh, she didn't seem to like it as much as I did. She was poking holes in the plot, making fun of the translation.
0: Was there a plot, <laughs> in Secret of Mana?
3: See, that's the thing. I mean, I think I think when I was little, I must have filled in a lot of the holes when I was playing it because I remember it liking it because I thought the story was awesome. But uh, as far as I can tell, the story now is you. Collect eight things, and on the way, you kill uh, Santa Claus. I think that's about it. <laughs> Wait, what?
0: You don't kill... Santa Claus. He's still alive after you kill him.
3: Santa Claus, Michael, he turns into a monster because the kids stopped believing in him because there wasn't any more mana in the world.
1: I don't I'm know just... why belief in Santa was based around mana in the first place. but.
0: Am I the only one who pronounces it mana?
1: I
2: pronounce it mana, but that's just because, um... <laughs> Biblical yeah, term. You
3: only recently learned that that game exists, Michael.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's a biblical term, mana from heaven, but it's spelled differently.
0: Yeah, I was going to say two ends and one N's. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah, but I um, mean, Paul was going to do a multi I mean, multi. Yeah, multiplayer run through of the game, which sort of fell through because Paul. Would you like to explain,
0: or should we just change topics?
3: Uh, I don't. I don't know the, if we should go into how Sprite Monkey ditched us. Oh, okay.
0: Wow, this is a story about Sprite Monkey. I miss him.
3: Oh, that's, that was basically the whole story. We were planning to do a three-player uh, playthrough of it, and then someone didn't show up.
2: It took me a long time to configure my recording equipment to actually record. That record at least, how many hours? Did I say 20 hours at a time? That was awesome. I was <laughs> able to record, like, a 20-hour block, and then Sprite Monkey doesn't show up. And Paul's like, that's well, okay.
3: we, we, we still uh, love him, too. It's okay, Sprite Monkey.
0: Yes, we all want you back. What did
3: he do, anyway? <laughs> he, he wrote reviews and did a, uh, a column reviewing uh, games for WiiWare, I believe. Oh,
1: yeah. I
2: remember that. Myrtle T. Blinken.
3: No, no, no. That was something different. That was Wear. No, I'm sorry. That was Virtual Console. Oh. Sprite Monkey did uh, Wear games.
1: Oh, that's some hair splitting. <laughs> they were two entirely
3: different columns, guys. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so whatever happened to Myrtle T. Blinken?
1: She
3: disappeared at uh, the same time as Sprite Monkey.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Well, how odd. What a coincidence. But I, but
3: I, I think that's enough talking about old game caller writers that people listening probably don't know who they are anyway. <laughs> what else about RPG?
0: Uh, we were still discussing uh, the inclusion of RPG elements in games today, such as... Uh, You can't escape stories anymore. I I think there are very few games that actually don't really have some sort of story element.
2: Yeah, I I would say that. And I'm going to throw this out there. I'm not sure that crossing genres is actually a good thing. I mean, the last two hidden object games I reviewed, they were basically a hidden object slash adventure game mix. And both of those games would be so much better if they were just straightforward adventure games and threw away the hidden object mechanic. I realize that would yeah, but, the
3: but then life. they wouldn't then they wouldn't be appealing to the their audience anymore because the games are specifically made for uh, fans of hidden objects games. So they might be better games, but then the people they want to buy them wouldn't be buying them anymore.
2: I suppose I don't know. I just really would like them if they weren't hidden object games, and I like hidden object games, but still. So I'm just wondering if that's if people find that's the case with the game that throws in an RPG element. Would you be thinking, boy, it'd be really great if it was just an RPG? Are, it would be really great right. if they got rid of the RPG stuff. Right, so just, you're saying
3: that genre mixing in general isn't always a good idea, because you yeah. might turn off fans of the original genre who don't want to see other elements brought into their game.
1: Mm-hmm. See, well, I mean,
0: I, I'm not very good at Halo, so I would prefer a turn-based version of Halo. That would be quite exciting to me.
1: <laughs> you know, I'd probably play that one. And I would still have little kids online calling me various racial epithets and questioning my sexuality. I, don't know, I actually.
3: I, th- I think I see Michael's point of view because I feel like uh, actually uh, in adventure games also, specifically um, in the early 2000s, a lot of games that were adventure games that were coming out then, kind of toward the end of of the big adventure game push, uh, they were doing things like introducing stealth elements or action scenes, and it always really kind of bothered me because I didn't think that stuff was mm-hmm. fun and I didn't think it belonged in those games.
1: I guess it depends on the game. Sometimes sometimes they'll just kind of mix two or three genres together, and they'll just fumble it all up, and everything will be terrible. But some mix them together really well. It just it depends on who's doing it and how they do it, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. I mean, with the specific game, I'm thinking, um, what is it, Love and Death Bitten, the vampire, the hidden object slash adventure game about vampires, they could have kept some of the hidden object parts there, but I'm just saying... Actually I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> if it was a straight RPG I could handle it if it had a little bit of the hidden object mechanic there but I would prefer it if they got rid of the hidden object stuff altogether.
1: It seemed like it was almost too deep, too story driven to beat to squander it on like just hidden object stuff. It was story driven but what
2: you had to do is you had to wait 2 minutes every bit of the story plot to find the 20 random objects hidden on the screen. And four of them were things you couldn't find because they were, hidden, they were like hidden behind a tree where you could barely see them. So you had to basically spam the uh, auto-solve button, which refilled every 30 seconds. And that was just not fun. Yeah. But some of the hidden object parts made sense. Like the vampire needed to find blood to make himself more powerful. So just go through the area finding the five different things of blood. That makes sense. It's actually hidden objects, but... It's important to the plot. There's actually a reason rather than just find hidden objects because that's this game. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, actually, that was, that, that was my one problem, or that was my big problem with the one hidden objects game I played. I know this is getting a little off topic, so I apologize to all of our uh, fans out there who are really dying to listen to us talk about RPGs. Anyway, uh, it was a game called Yard Sales Sunnyville or something like that. It was for the Wii, and I was really excited about that game because I love Yard sales. And I actually thought that the hidden object game would be a, a pretty, pretty solid uh, premise for a game about yard sales. You know, you, got, you go to yard sales, you got your your shopping list of things you're looking for, and then you find them at the yard sale. But the problem was that that the list of items was was still it was completely arbitrary. It had nothing to do with what you actually would want to purchase. Like you would have to find like symbols that were painted on the person's house, and and that would be it. <laughs> like you weren't actually looking for things you would ever even physically be able to purchase it was just completely random really really turned me off of the of the yard sale game
1: that's unfortunate because how hard would it be to just say pick up a beach ball and a flashlight and whatever
3: yeah, see that. I mean, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. It it seemed like such a such a natural fit that
0: yeah. yeah. Find it
1: they had the the world was their oyster and they completely dropped the ball.
0: Find a t shirt from a uh, elementary school three states away. You know that would be awesome.
3: I <laughs> I think I have a t shirt from a family reunion from a family I don't belong to that I got at a yard
1: sale. I have bowling trophies from people that I got at a yard sale. I have the
2: 1985. High school baseball championship trophy for Division One of Northern California. Awesome. I, <laughs> I wasn't on order five, but
0: I still have the trophy. Very nice, very nice, Michael Gray. So uh, I think at one point we were talking about RPGs. Yeah, I Thought we were so, talking
3: about yard sale games and our dreams for what they could be.
0: Yes, RPG elements. RPGs. R- r- RPG elements <laughs> and other games. Uh, but I, I did like the inclusion of RPG elements into the Castlevania series. Once again, going back to that topic, the classic Castlevania Symphony of the Night, perhaps one of the best games ever. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, One of my favorites.
0: Yes, taking the classic Castlevania series, but adding in saving, thank you, finally, and leveling up and such, item gathering.
1: Pretty much just turning it into Metroid.
0: Yeah, these things happen. But actually, I would have to say, like looking at this from the... The opposite direction, saying including other elements into RPGs. Uh, I do recall somewhat of a debate about certain games, such as uh, Lufia Two. I know Lufia Two is a classic loved by everyone. It brought puzzles into RPGs. It was enjoyable. It worked well, but at the same time, you know, sometimes I would rather just be fighting random battles than doing a puzzle.
3: Well, uh, well, what what kind of puzzles do we mean? Like like Tetris or like a legend of zelda kind of puzzle i haven't haven't played lufia 2 yet i'm waiting for the ds remake this year
0: uh there was a lot of shooting arrows at things leaving bombs in places yeah i guess it was basically like a legend of zelda Mm. and everything was timed to how many steps you took so you would take three steps and then your bomb would go off or monsters you would see monsters on the map and they would move as you moved but only when you moved so you could uh make a monster step onto a platform while you stepped onto another platform, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. Did you not play it, Christian? No. <laughs> Yikes, I'm the only one.
1: I I intend to at some point in my life, but I have not yet.
0: Yes, it uh, it was quite a game. Like, I have to say, it is a classic. Uh, A lot of people I know love the game. Personally, it was good, but uh, I mean, I also have a problem with Chrono Trigger. I thought it was uh, a bit much. Ooh. I know, I know. Oh.
3: Yeah, see, you see, that's that's one game where uh, I I can put aside my dislike of turn-based combat and and slog my way through because I like everything else about it so much. Yes,
1: I'm so sad to say I've never actually finished it. I have played it. Really? but For some something happens and I get sidetracked. Oh. I will pick it up and I will play it because no, it was as long, good. As, long as you play most played, of it. That's probably
3: okay. I don't I don't remember it having like the best ending ever.
0: But it had multiple endings. Oh, that's true. And then there was the whole new game plus.
1: Oh, you know what? Right, that's yeah. true. I got the uh, I did get the like crappiest ending you can possibly get, but I didn't really count it as beating the game.
3: Yeah, the f- the very first time I played Chrono Trigger, I was doing it off of a oh, a new game plus <sighs> off of one of my friend's uh, game saves. Wow. You know, ex- <laughs> and I still lost it at the final boss. Wow.
0: <laughs> I don't understand how that's even possible. Actually, a uh a fond memory of mine is when I lent Final Fantasy 6 to a friend of mine. I was trying to introduce him to RPGs and at the time this was, you know, the pinnacle of RPGs. This was before Chrono Trigger and all that and I lent him Final Fantasy III, and a week or two later I came back and I was like, "Hey man, you did, did you play the game? What, what did you like?" He was like, "Oh, all I did was fly around in the airship on your save." <laughs> like he didn't he didn't actually play the game. He just flew around in the airship and then proceeded never to do anything else.
1: Well, the airship is pretty fun. Apparently. That's why they don't give it to you like till like halfway through the game because they hook you on the story. Otherwise, they know you're just going to be zooming around your airship.
0: I know. There's so many things to do on the airship, like fly around and land. Yep. Yeah, actually, I'm not sure how that could
3: keep someone engaged for a, for a particularly long amount of time.
0: Well, you know, when you're like six or eight years old, it's a, a different story. <laughs>
3: And you've never seen anything like that before.
0: Yes.
1: Maybe this is where the genre mixing needs to come into play, where they need to have like airship simulator two thousand ten built into the game.
3: Well actually, um Kingdom Hearts has has something like that where uh to, to get from world to world for the first time you have to play a what it's called a gummy ship level where it's basically like a Star yeah. Fox kind of shooting game. And that was actually one of my least favorite parts of that game, because I just wanted to go hit things with my gigantic key. I didn't really want to fly around in a spaceship very much.
1: And I didn't like it either, because I'm so anal, I have to I have to build up the best ship ever. <laughs> and if it's not the best, I can't have any of it, and I have to do it over.
3: See, I did just the opposite. I just went with like the minimum possible, because I just didn't feel <laughs> like doing it. I
1: was like, come on, I want to see what the next world is! Why are you making that's me actually, do this? That's how I was with uh, uh, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. I realized it was pretty much just gummy ships. So halfway through, I was just like, all right, forget this.
0: <laughs> See, actually, that's part of the reason why I go to RPGs as opposed to other games, is that, like, side-scrolling shooters, I always I have to kill, like, everything. I have to shoot all of the things. You know, you've, you've got all this stuff flying at you. And realistically, like I realize now, that you're not really expected to shoot everything. It's more just about surviving and then killing the boss. But to me, at eight years old, I was like, if if I can't kill them all, then why should I even bother playing? And then I would just turn the game off on the first level.
3: Yeah, that that sounds like that would be an incredibly frustrating experience.
0: <laughs> yes, I uh I was never very good at side scrolling shooters.
3: Yeah, me either. One of one of my first Super Nintendo games was uh Darius Twin, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Wow. And I think I only ever got through like the first couple levels. Yes before putting it down and going back to play Mario for the 18th time.
0: But see, actually, uh, speaking of some of these games, we go back to uh, RPGs once again and the inclusion of story in games, which is quite common now. But back in the day, the most story that you would get was uh, in the instruction manual, where it would have, like, two or three poorly translated paragraphs about how, uh, you know, during the glorious days of the planet Farmel, there wasn't really any story in the game, however. There was no text in the game except for perhaps pause or bomb and and
3: now that's kind of reversed where the instruction manuals they just have like the bare minimum they need to be called an instruction manual in the game the games uh tend to be pretty pretty storyful
0: yes which is uh surprising when apparently even uh sports games these days will have some sort of story mode really yeah i heard something i mean i don't play sports games at all but apparently there was a. Uh, like, recent Madden games will have a mode where... Uh, I have no idea. I've never played it. But apparently there's a, a story you play as actual players or something. And there's drama and such. I don't know. I guess it's like professional wrestling. I know, that, Which that also sounds has sounds a story to me. Because, I mean, a
3: lot of times I, I kind of like the gameplay in sports games. But after I've played a couple games, I'm like, okay, now what? So it would be neat to have something like that to, to, to push me forward. Where the storyline is more than just, I gotta win the Stanley Cup! What more do you need? Which I think is actually hockey.
0: <laughs> oh. Uh, but, I mean, well, what, what really drove you to continue playing uh, the original Mario? M- Mario, excuse me, Paul.
3: <laughs> hmm. Well, the original Mario, nothing drew, drove me to play that. I didn't really like the original Mario very much. But Mario's uh, 2 through World, hmm.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, Super Mario Bros. 3 actually did have quite a bit of uh, story elements to it.
3: And they've actually added more story elements to a more recent releases of it, too. I was just uh, toying around with the Game Boy Advance port, which I believe is called Mario Advance 4, colon Mario 3 or something like that. And they, they actually added a cutscene in the beginning of the game where you see the airship flying in uh, and turning the king into an enemy and then zooming off. So they basically
0: turned it into all other Super Mario Brothers games uh, in recent years?
3: Yeah, kind of. And actually, I I can pretty much... I don't really care about the story in Mario games very much. Like, I I can pretty much do without it most of the time. I I don't know. I guess I just like uh, running around, hopping on things, running particularly fast, turning into statues, etc.
0: Yeah, but see, that's sort of the thing, is that video games back in the day, before all of these RPG elements began to be included in other games, uh, you would just play the game for the game.
2: Mm.
0: I mean, I suppose puzzle games... I mean, I don't play a lot of recent games... But I guess puzzle games would be the last uh, bastion of uh, safety from some sort of story. I don't imagine there's much story that people he-
3: Well, actually, a uh, a surprisingly relevant game uh, to this conversation uh, in that respect would be Puzzle Quest. Uh-oh. Yeah, it is It is a, a definite merging of Tetris-style gameplay and RPG story. So there you go.
1: Even then, there's uh, there's Portal, which is essentially hmm. a, a puzzle game, but it's partially first-person shooter. In the style, anyway. But really, it's pretty much just a puzzle game with a reasonably deep story. So no one is safe.
0: Yes, it's very sad. What, what can you do if all you want to do is play a video game? Well, I suppose you can still just play the video game, but what if you don't want to read?
1: You could skip the cutscenes and such.
0: If they let you. If they let you. That was always another favorite part of uh, old RPGs is text that is printing very slowly and you cannot speed it up. <sighs>
3: I actually like that sometimes, because I always find myself, like, skipping far too ahead in text. I don't know. I find it, like, like in the Phoenix Wright games, I really like how they present it to you incrementally. And, I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure where I was going with that, but for some reason, it, <laughs> it, I enjoy it. Although, if it goes too slow, then it's just
0: annoying. Have either of you played Xenogears?
1: I have not. Nope.
0: No. Okay, well, you guys are kind of lucky. I know Xenogears is another game that people apparently love. And at one point I myself loved it and then I tried playing it again recently and I can't stand the game. I'm sorry. Everything from the story itself and the gameplay like the battle system is the only good thing about the game. But then ouch. Yeah. But I mean ouch. they they did they did have a very unique battle system that I enjoyed, but it's only exciting until about halfway through the game when all you're doing is mashing the most powerful death blow that you have and there's not really a lot of development, and then all you get is robot battles anymore, which there was nothing exciting. You just do the most powerful attack. Anyway, actually, I was talking about Xenogears because of the uh, everyone talks to you all the time. You can't go to a shop and just say, I would like to buy something. You have to sit there and listen to them and talk about, like, hey, welcome to the store. I'm selling a lot of things. Would you like to buy something? If you would like to buy something, click buy. Wait, wait, there's more. They they never just let you go straight into the store.
1: Yeah, that's not that's not an element I care for when they overdo the talking. Like I know Mass Effect could be like that sometimes, but at least it was it was optional if you wanted to go around to everybody in every single city and every single planet and talk to them, they'd be happy to lay upon you a huge story, but you could at least skip it.
0: Yeah, cuz I remember when they sort of introduced uh like Everybody would talk to you in Chrono Trigger. Like, you would just walk by and the text boxes would pop up and that sort of thing. Uh, they did that in Xenogears, but most of it was, like, required reading, which became very annoying.
1: Uh, that is one of the more annoying things in RPGs.
0: Do they still do that? I don't know.
1: Uh I don't think that badly, usually.
0: But see, nowadays, I, I don't even really know what is considered an RPG, once again. For example, Shadow of the Colossus is a very confusing game to me it looks, from the outside, to be an RPG. Like, there's fantasy elements and there's a story of such, but the playing of the game is almost more of a, a puzzle game, once again, where it's an action-based battle system, and it's all about trying to find the enemy's weakness. Have you guys played Shadow of the Colossus?
1: Yeah, I have, yeah. I haven't, but I'm actually hooking up my PS2 this weekend just so I can play that and a few other games.
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely one of my favorite games. It's it's very unique, but again... uh. Realistically, there's more actual story in uh, most first-person shooters these days than there was in Shadow of the Colossus. So could you really call it an RPG when compared with all other games?
3: Mm -hmm. Well, Well, do you consider story to be an absolutely essential element of what makes an RPG? Like, what are the essential elements of what makes an RPG? I guess this is a discussion we probably should have had
1: at the beginning of the podcast.
0: That's actually very true.
1: Editing can fix that.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> this is the beginning of the podcast, and we were going to talk <laughs> about uh, what makes an RPG. You see, the term role-playing game, I've had this discussion quite often, that uh, you could say Super Mario Brothers is a role-playing game in which you play the role of one Mario. And he is a plumber, and he jumps on mushroom-shaped objects and such.
1: Yeah, I've, I've always had that kind of thought, like... What does role-playing game really mean? You play the role of someone in every game, usually. Mm.
0: Yeah,
3: I don't, I don't like that argument because yeah, you can, you can, you can take it to an extreme and say literally every game ever made is yeah. a role-playing game. Like you can do the same thing with the with the simulation game genre. You can just go by the literal label yeah, true. and say every game is a simulation. Like I think uh, way, way back in the day when I reviewed Spice Spice World, <laughs> I think I actually said that the genre was was simulation because it simulates being a Spice Girl. Wow,
0: <laughs> this is this is not what I would do today. By the way, but uh, the question then is, what about Tetris? Is Tetris a role it playing? It
1: simulates game? like it simulates moving, <laughs> or you play the role of a Tetramino or whatever they are. Yes,
0: yeah, te- Tetramino. I don't know.
3: I don't know. How, so I I, I, I think the problem is I think we're, we're... and I do think people do make arguments like that, and I think where they get hung up on is they they go. Too literally, based on what the actual label is. Like, yeah. I mean, you can do that for, for a number of genres. You could say adventure games. So many games could fill into that just because you're going on an adventure in so many different games. I think you can't just go specifically by the label. You have to then further define what the label means. Yes,
0: point-and-click adventure specifically.
3: Hmm.
0: But, uh, yes, role-playing game. In the early days, it was almost exclusively fantasy-styled and at the time, fantasy was not part of other games. You know, you wouldn't so much find a side-scrolling shooter that had anything to do with fantasy. I suppose you could have a dude with a bow and arrow who is running through the forest, but that never really happened. be pretty
1: cool, uh, What's that game where he fights the dinosaurs? Turok. Joan Mack? Oh. <laughs> that one, too. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, that's, that's, an awesome,
3: that's an awesome co-op game, side note. Joan Mack? Oh, yes, I love that I game. I love that game.
1: That yeah. is a good co-op game. Caveman Ninja.
0: <laughs> but it's not an RPG. Yes. No. Uh, but yes, what defines an RPG? Because back in the day, it was basically a fantasy game in which it was top-down, and you had random battles that were you know, either side-view or in the uh, Dragon Warrior-style front-view. It was very specific. Like, you could tell an RPG just by looking at it. But yes, anything can be an RPG now. Uh, Super Mario Brother RPG, like... How did they take Super Mario and turn it into an RPG?
1: And I think uh I think it probably comes a lot more from how the gameplay works, like mainly stat juggling. If there's stat juggling going on somewhere, it's probably an RPG. Just because it's it comes, I believe, originally from like Dungeons and Dragons and that kind of thing. Yes. So probably even if whether you're doing it or whether the computer's doing it behind the scenes, if there's some stat juggling involved, more than likely an RPG.
3: That's true, because... And I I think it's also safe to say that RPGs need to have some kind of combat element. You also have to not be a spaceship.
0: But, uh, as Christian was saying, that stat juggling, in a side-scrolling shooter, you shoot and your bullet does, you know, damage. You don't don't see the damage, there's no real calculation of defense and attack.
1: That's true. Yeah, nowadays, almost everything has a little stat juggling, at least.
0: That's true, which, uh us back to the confusion of what is an RPG anymore?
1: Yeah. So, so what
3: game? What makes a game like Final Fantasy Thirteen an RPG then, as opposed to every other game that's on Xbox or PlayStation Three right now? I
1: don't know. Maybe that's Final a bad Fantasy example. But I don't think anyone likes Final game. Fantasy Thirteen.
0: I think Final Fantasy Thirteen is an RPG because it is a Final Fantasy. <laughs> I mean, Final Fantasies are RPGs, right? Usually, I don't yeah. know. I, I bet there's there's got to be
3: some spin off game they made that isn't an RPG. Chocobo um, Racing.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> And uh, it's still technically an RPG, but, like, Final Fantasy Tactics? I mean, it's... Well,
1: then then we get into the RPG versus strategy.
0: But it uh, it still has stat juggling, it still has uh, yeah. major story elements.
1: I consider strategy kind of a subgenre of RPG.
0: Yeah, isn't there... There's the strategy
3: RPGs, and there's tactical RPGs, too. I'm not really sure what the difference between those two is, or if oh, there's... I, I didn't either. know
1: there was a difference. <laughs>
3: I have no... See, I tend (laughs) to avoid games like that because they sound too hard. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, we we still haven't really reached a definition of what makes an RPG. I suppose we said stat juggling? Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe nowadays, like, really overt stat juggling where there's certain levels you can gain. Like, for example, in Call of Duty or something like that, if you shoot someone in the leg, it's going to do, like, 20 damage behind the scenes. If you shoot them in the face, it's going to do 100 damage. Whereas in RPGs, maybe, like, if you get a better... Well, even that doesn't work. Better gun. Because you have better guns in those games, but maybe your level goes up, and then all of a sudden those bullets start doing more damage.
0: Yes, because the stronger you are, the uh, harder you shoot. Of course. I mean, it, that, that did work. Well, uh, another older uh, classic game, uh, Shadowrun. Was that an RPG? I mean, there was there was definitely stat juggling, there was definitely story, but the, the playing of the game was definitely not a traditional RPG gameplay. Have either of you played Chatteron? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, it's difficult to describe, but there was more running around. It was more action-oriented. You would probably like this game, Paul.
3: Well, it's, it's not. Is it like a Secret of Mana or Legend of Zelda, that kind of action? Or or is it like side-scrolling?
0: Uh, it's top-down. So, yes, it was, it was similar to Secret of Mana, perhaps. It was very... Fast, but it had to do with uh, guns and such, which was a little confusing.
3: Yeah, guns are not something you traditionally see in RPGs in general.
0: Yes. Specifically, that much action. Like, it would be one thing if it was uh, a turn-based thing with guns, but there was actual, like, aiming of sorts involved. But at the same time, your stats determine how often you hit. So that was an RPG, even though that early on, back when RPGs were almost exclusively uh, turn-based. It was doing uh, quite unique things with the gameplay.
1: Yeah, it seems to use kind of a dice roll system like uh, Knights of the Old Republic.
0: Another game that uh, everyone loves and I've never played.
1: I've never gotten all the way through it, sadly. Oh,
3: it's a good one. The uh, The sequel's not nearly as exciting, though. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm still kind of bummed out that the third one's just going to be an MMO instead of uh, a real
1: game. I know, it looks like kind of a cool MMO, I guess, but...
3: I guess, I'd rather I have just don't really game. like MMOs very much in general. Neither
1: do I. I've tried. God help me, I've tried, but, <laughs> oh, they're just so boring. Yeah, i,
3: I played the uh, the week-long trial of uh, World of Warcraft or whatever.
1: Yeah, long. I've done that. I've played yeah, Star Wars Galaxy. Awesome.
3: I, sp- I spent the entire time just... It was like around Easter, and they were doing some kind of Easter egg hunt uh, special, and... Uh, I spent the entire time just laughing at people cuz they were actually camping the bushes in town waiting for Easter eggs to respawn. <laughs> so that was like the height of my
0: enjoyment Exciting. of World of Warcraft. This
1: America. is where my $15 a month goes.
0: <laughs> but see that that's another interesting topic is uh MMORPGs. The concept that you can play an RPG but you don't have to actually have friends. So you you can meet everyone all online.
1: In fact, having friends almost precludes you from playing it.
0: Yes. And,
3: and am I incorrect? Are MMOs actually a little less story-centric than most RPGs? That's a good point. Because I think a lot of it is more, is more quest-based, like you have to go do X to achieve Y, and it's not so much uh, you need to go here, kill this person, then go here, then go here.
1: I'd say the story's a little bit more loose. Like, there's a bad guy, there's a few subquests, and basically you have to f- kill four of these guys to get there, and you have to collect four of these or six of these things or whatever to get somewhere else. You're basically just doing odd jobs around a story.
0: Yeah, that's another uh, a question about the, quote, RPG genre given to MMORPGs. I mean, there's definitely stats and there's leveling and all that, which are RPG gameplay elements. But, for example, when I first started playing Ragnarok Online there was no story you just go in you kill things all day and that was about it but there was absolutely no point to doing it yeah, i mean that, that was basically
3: my very limited experience with with wow was that the entire story was was laughing at people at least from my perspective
1: <laughs> i think you got the right idea i uh
3: i've never i i i, I, I hope some wow fans are listening to this and just Getting very, very angry at us right now.
1: We'll show them.
0: If you have any questions,
3: send them to Paul
1: Franzen. Send them to Paul.
3: Go right ahead everyone. everyone. Everyone, uh, if you have any comments or questions about the podcast, email them to Franzen, P-F-R-A-N-Z-E-N, at gamecola.net. Uh, if you do that, we may read your letters
1: on the podcast next time. And make fun of you.
0: Uh, MMORPGs, yes. the I also played Final Fantasy XI, which was the... Final Fantasy MMORPG, and that attempted to include an actual story. Most of the... Like, you could entirely avoid playing through the story parts of the game and just have your generic leveling up like uh, Ragnarok was, but they had rank missions where you would go play through the story of the world, like everyone always got the same missions. You played them all in order, and you got the story of the game. So there was some sort of story included but again, uh, it was entirely avoidable. They, they tried to force it on you by requiring that you get uh, rank 4 in order to get your airship pass, but uh, you would just see a lot of people who were rank 4 and nothing more. <laughs> it was always a surprise to see someone who was rank 10.
1: <laughs> see, it all comes back to the airships and how fun they are to drive.
0: <laughs> Actually, I did like that about Final Fantasy XI, is that the boats and the airships, you know, instead of just like automatically taking you someplace else, you uh, you spend like five minutes on the actual boat as it was going through the water.
1: And you can actually do stuff on it. Uh, you could go fishing,
0: and occasionally, oh. occasionally, you would get attacked by pirates.
1: Oh, I was gonna say, I would want to be a pirate.
0: Well, yar,
1: yar. So, how die. do
0: we define RPGs? Uh, by the role playing. Wait.
1: Yes. <laughs> there we go. Um, Problem solved.
0: Yeah, because again, there's so much blurring of the definition anymore. So many games have stats of some sort. So many games have a progression uh, or a story. There, it's hard to say whether a game is really an RPG unless it has, you know, the more classic elements of like turn-based battle. For some reason, uh, saving—well, no, saving is in most games these days anyway.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but again, like Final Fantasy, you know, if it, if it has sort of fantasy elements, they'll call it an RPG, you know, whatever the gameplay is like.
3: I wonder if it's easier to define RPGs. Via looking at other games and, and describing why they aren't RPGs, as opposed to looking at a game and describing why this is an RPG. Maybe it's easier to say, Madden, not an RPG, oh. bam. Halo, probably not an RPG. Shadow of the Colossus.
0: Mm. Yeah. Questionably. Yeah, because, uh, again, it has story, it has uh, all sorts of classic RPG elements. But the gameplay is notably uh, different from traditional RPG gameplay.
1: I'm looking up on Wikipedia what a role-playing game is. I figure if we can't figure it out, if we can't nail it down, surely someone can.
0: What does Wikipedia have to say, anything good?
1: Nothing yet. Although I do suggest reading the Wikipedia article of Baby Got Back. Whoa, whoa. Just on, on a completely unrelated note. It's just very funny to hear them talk intelligently about that song. Oh, well, here we go. It says here, as far as video games goes, it is a loosely defined genre of computer and console games and or- with the origins in role-playing games such as Dungeons & Dragons. So there you go. It's loosely defined. <laughs> that, that's all we got, Wikipedia. That's all we got. So that's what an RPG is. Loosely defined. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. Good night.
0: Yeah, what else is there really to talk about? I
3: say we just go around real quick and we all say what our favorite RPG is. Oh,
0: I I do have that on my list. I have written on the back of a receipt. Uh, (laughs) RPGs. Our first RPGs. Our favorite RPGs. What is an RPG anymore and why we like them? Which I guess uh, is kind of a bad topic for conversation with this group.
1: (laughs) I love RPGs. I love my RPGs.
0: Paul, why do you like RPGs?
3: I like the stories usually, and I like the RPGs that let me just push A to swing a sword and hit something in the head, but I like it to be more story-based.
0: Yeah, I uh, I remember being very young and saying that I liked RPGs for the story, and then I go back and play games such as uh, Dragon Warrior, and I'm like, what was I ever talking about?
1: <laughs> well, if you think about it, what other games did you have then, like Wrecking Crew and Pac-Man and stuff? That's true. So, yeah, comparably it's, it's speaking, it with... definitely
3: had story. Yes.
1: Yeah, what's rich with story back then. Yeah.
3: And I mean, today, too, RPGs generally have, I, I think it's safe to say there's more story in them. Even though we, we did talk about how most games these days have story elements, I think RPGs are generally still more story-heavy than anything else.
0: Yeah, yeah that's true. Even if you say, uh, for example, like Borderlands, you know, which is an RPG, but the play style is completely non-traditional RPG. Uh, but it
1: does... And the story was tacked on. <laughs> was it? Oh yeah, it was yeah. Totally actually, that,
3: that's 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 not the best example because I don't know that the story was really all that. Like, it had a lot of words. It it, it did like like we were talking before, like what uh, MMOs do, where you run around and you do quests until eventually the story progresses itself and you get to do something else.
1: Yeah,
0: I actually have to admit that I did not play Borderlands, but I watched my roommates play Borderlands.
3: My my favorite part of that game was when I leveled up uh whatever character whatever class I was using enough to get bullets that when I shoot people it heals them.
1: I do like that, yeah.
3: I was very entertained by that because one of my favorite things to do when I'm playing uh, games with my friends is to accidentally kill them. Accidentally. So this allowed me to, to shoot at my friends and have it actually be beneficial.
1: Yeah, I found the same thing for me because I always there always comes a point where I'm just like, I can't take it anymore, and I shoot them in the face because <laughs> it's just funny.
3: And then they yeah, get all but, mad at you. It's ridiculous. I know.
1: But now with these magical heal bullets, you can heal them, no one's mad, You've satisfied your bloodlust. All is good.
0: That game had a black guy in it.
1: <laughs> it sure did.
0: That's rare in an RPG, except for perhaps uh, everyone's favorite Barrett.
3: Mm. Also, one of one few video game stars with a beard. Well, at least at the mm. time, I think I remember. I think I wrote a, a dear readers column about that a very long time ago.
0: Well, perhaps uh, the youngest character at the time with a beard, because there was always Tella, perhaps, or you know any old man.
3: Mm. Oh, that's true. Sage-like old man, yeah. Probably not the first, but I think it was—it was
0: probably pretty rare. But uh, the first character under uh, fifty or so, or well, I guess old for an RPG character is about uh, eighteen.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's about right. And usually they're extremely effeminate anyway, so the chance of them having a beard is very slim.
0: Yeah, I always
3: love that the 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 the, the, the grizzled war-tested veteran—he's like nineteen.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah, I don't actually know why I like the RPGs that I do. I do know that I, I tend to be very specific. Like, I tend to like specific RPGs. Like, I don't know if I even can say that I'm a fan of the genre of as a whole, but I really like Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross, Dragon Warrior 7, kind of randomly, Secret of Mana, Mario RPG. Like, I, I can't just go to a store and say, oh, that's an RPG. I will like that. I'm going to buy that. I, I just like specific games.
0: Yeah, there was a, a time in my life years and years ago where I would... uh. Basically, have said, "Oh, it's an RPG. That's my favorite game." <laughs> but uh, yes, anymore, I can't play a game that does not have a save state. Although I guess that doesn't uh, preclude me from playing RPGs, just not on systems.
1: Yeah, well, that, that's
3: why. Uh, that's why I like playing old games on the the Wii Virtual Console now, is because you can just save and stop playing whenever you want. Like I, I think I probably own like three or four different versions of Mario Three, but I still bought it on the Wii just so I could do that.
0: Interesting. They allow that? I thought that was. Uh...
3: No, they, they they don't, like, you can't, there aren't, like, save files per se, but uh, if you exit for the Wii's main menu while playing the game, it, it basically does, like, an emulator save state kind of thing. And then when you start the game later, uh, it just jumps you right to that
1: point.
0: Ah, uh, yes, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: I know when I first started using, like, emulators and such, I was really psyched by that feature.
0: Yes, you can save immediately before the battle. Yep. Or uh, within the battle, and then when you start dying, you can just load from where you were doing very well.
1: <laughs> or if you're in one of those situations where you have to pick between, like, two treasure chests and one has crap and one has the best weapon in the game. Yes, yes. You could save, Yes. open up the one, and if you get the crap, you restart.
0: Or uh, my personal favorite is you would get, like, the, the strength seed, and it will randomly give you between one and five strength. Oh, well, I'm not going for any less than five.
3: Absolutely. Maybe that's why RPGs don't let you save anywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we found the reason.
3: I did something similar when I was playing Enchanted Arms. There was a, a casino there, and the game let you save anywhere, so I'd just go play the casino for a little bit until I won lots of... Like, I would, if I lost money, I would just go reload my save, just keep doing that over and over and over again until I had enough money to buy everything in the game.
1: It <laughs> worked really well, actually. That's another game I want to get into. I played for, like, a few minutes, and then I stopped playing, and now <laughs> I want to play it again after your article. I think I mainly stopped <laughs> playing it, though, because the one gay guy is so flamingly gay. Oh, he is a horribly annoying,
3: but he oh. he doesn't he's not in the game for that long. Oh, no, I, I wanted to stop playing too, just because I thought he was super annoying.
1: Just in the beginning, I was like, you know, I didn't go into this a homophobe, but I'm about to come out of it a homophobe.
3: <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Uh, he he isn't around for the entire game. I'll put it that way. Excellent. But yeah, that was that was actually a big turnoff for me too. Was was that guy specifically? <laughs> but yeah,
1: funniest. Funniest in, game every ever Every time I'd played, pop it in, my wife would come in the room and be like, oh, "Are you playing the gay game again?"
3: Yes, I'm, I'm
1: playing the gay game again.
3: My fiance would just... She'd just hear me laughing uproariously in the other room, and she'd know I was playing Enchanted Arms and laughing at the amazingly awful dialogue and story.
0: But I, I liked uh, seeing your Facebook posts about uh, it's a game actually about arms.
3: <laughs> it, it is. Like, I went into the game, I, I was assuming it was, you know, something about how you have to collect all the magical weapons of legend and Combine them or give them all your party members so you can defeat. Them. No, it's not. It's about a dude with an enchanted arm. His, <laughs> oh. his right arm is possessed with a demon.
1: That's what. That's the story.
3: And it's but, actually oh. the only enchanted arm in the whole game. I don't know why they made it plural.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like <laughs> the same naming enchanted school arm, it Would have been
3: People wouldn't have false information. It's the same.
1: They went to the same naming school as scribble knots, where you're not actually scribbling anything, and there's only one of you.
3: <laughs> bothered me too. Yeah. The scribble Scribblenauts, the name just sounds like it should be one of those games uh, where you, you know, you, you draw your little character and you have to, like, uh, there's some DS game like that.
1: Magic Pen Gel, I remember I reviewed that one.
3: <laughs> that wasn't what I was thinking of, but that works too. <laughs>
1: no, there's to there's some
3: side-scroller where you draw your main character and, you know, there's, a, there's a, a gap, you have to draw a bridge.
1: Yeah, that's uh, Drawn to Life.
3: Yes. It's
1: I think by the, also that's that's by the same stuff. people.
3: Yes, there is. Yeah, Pen Gel, Magic Pen Gel, that was a great game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just rock, paper, scissors, <laughs> and dicks. But does like that I'd... qualify
3: as an RPG? Do you think?
1: <sighs> well, around. you know, I, I'd say so. Magic Pendel. I would say it is a piss poor RPG, but it's an RPG <laughs> because you had to like you had to do battle with your enemies, and then after that happened, you would gain new new parts to make you stronger, and then you can make your character stronger. And at the end, you until have... you can draw the
3: ultimate penis.
1: And, and that I did. That I did. Gonorrhea discharge and all.
0: Yes. I think you had a
1: screenshot in your review. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I
0: remember this review. This is a classic.
1: Yeah, when I submitted that, I thought either Paul might laugh at this, but he might also say, okay, get out of here. You are disgusting.
3: <laughs> no, it was close, but it wasn't even the, the worst thing we published. I think uh, we had a article around the same time period from Kevin Leacock about uh, Second Life and... Uh-huh. Uh, People creating and selling uh, dog penises to wear, <laughs> and he had screenshots. I,
1: I played that briefly, and I had a huge floppy penis on my guy that I would occasionally whip out at places where that were <laughs> really inappropriate, like uh, the Virginia Tech memorial. Wow! <laughs> Which shows what an awful person I am. But it wow. was kind of
0: yeah, that's kind of bad. <laughs> Welcome to Game Call, everyone. This is the Game Call podcast.
3: This is going to be a fun podcast for you to edit. I feel like a lot of these sections have to get rearranged. Yes,
1: uh, I think you got a good ten minutes of content you can keep in. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, see, one thing I'm glad about this podcast is that, uh, I mean, I guess Michael Gray did leave, but this is uh, not all about Phoenix Wright relationships.
3: That's, that's, not, that's not something to like about this podcast.
0: So any, any final thoughts
3: on RPGs?
0: I like them for some reason.
3: They
1: are fun.
0: I very much enjoyed Pokemon when it came out because, again, the original Pokemon was very, uh, you grind and you level a lot.
3: See, I like that because that was a game that really gave you incentive to want to battle after random encounter after random encounter. Yes. Yeah. Because you got you had to catch them all, and that's how you did
1: it.
0: Yes, it was very addictive.
1: Yeah, My I think what I like about that is probably place. what I like about about all the best RPGs is that you, it, you can kind of make it your own. Like, if I want all the fire Pokemon, the water, or if I want a fire and a water and a ghost or whatever, I can do that. Or if I want all fire, I can do that. I like any game, I can make my own.
0: Like Final Fantasy One, you could choose the characters.
1: Yeah, and like, Fitter and Look <laughs> Bolt.
0: Yes. <laughs> lit, Lit 2, Lit 3. A-Lit was a favorite, whatever that means.
1: <laughs> Some of these things, no one can even figure out. Yes,
0: Afer.
3: See, what was really convenient for me is that all of my best friends, their names are only four letters long, so it made it really easy to play older RPGs. Paul, Lizzo? Never ran into any that, trouble that,
1: that. that does make it easy. I, to this day, <laughs> always have to put in my name as Chris Gia, because for some reason they always <laughs> stop at eight.
0: Yes, even though there's no like real technical reason to do that anymore.
1: No, there really isn't. For a while, it, I guess the technical limitation was six, so for years, for gaming generations, I was Christ. <laughs> Whoa. Which was cool. <laughs> that, was, that was cool, admittedly but now it's Chris Gia
0: yeah, I mean, I never had a problem because, you know, Alex but also, my brother is Eric and so, uh, I could always have Alex and Eric would fit that works yeah, but I think, uh, I think this podcast is about
1: done, sadly
0: this was podcast 29 on the Game Cola podcast is that good?
1: yeah, that was great okay, uh, that's excellent
0: Yeah. goodbye, everyone, Christian Porter, Paul Franzen and, uh Let's all pretend that Michael Gray is still here.
1: Goodbye, Michael. Yes,
0: goodbye, Michael. Goodbye, everyone. Yes, uh, yeah, we're done.
3: I hope some WoW fans are listening to this and just getting very, very angry at us right now.
1: We'll show them.
3: If you have questions or comments, forward them to Jetty.
0: (laughs) Yes, the uh, podcast master. I'm going to uh, edit that out. Or perhaps I could uh, then say, if you have any questions, send them to Paul Franzen.
1: Send them to Paul.
0: Yes, and the previous comment will be edited out and these ones will remain. (laughs)